Um, <clears throat> it's the mystery of the great appearing cable here yeah. at the Green and Lewis headquarters. So as the listeners may or may not know, during the Zoom era when Will and I would record, you had a recorder which always needed batteries. Yes. Which would constantly interrupt our recordings. Well, it would just delay them. Yeah, it would delay them for a quick trip to the bodega. You spent countless tens of dollars on batteries. Two dollar trips at a time. Over that period Plus you gotta of time. you got to get a little seltzy while you're there, you know. But now we just discovered that he had a cable for it the whole time. And we don't know what this cable is. I don't know what it is. All right. That's fair enough, but I'm pretty sure. I don't know, man. Based on the location it was found in. You sure you just never had, like, two? Yes, I'm positive I never had two. Hmm. 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 I know what cables are mine, man. I, uh, How dare you question my <laughs> knowledge of my domain? I mean, it's I don't know. It's a direct threat to my masculinity. Oh, boy. Of course oh, I know what cables this. I have. I'm always keeping track of cables. What? I feel like, you know, not to be armchair armchair doctor, but, you know, if you're keeping track of your cables too much, you, you could go blind. That is what they say, yes. Yeah. Yep. Don't uh don't release your cable in the pool. What? It'll turn red. You never heard that? It's a slightly it's a slightly different type of cable ejaculate that I'm referring to. If you pee in the pool, it yeah. turns red? I thought it was purple. Parents would always threaten that when I was a kid. Oh. But it's never true. No. People pee in pools all the time. It just turns it yellow. Uh only for a second. That's gross. And only in if only if you're severely dehydrated. Also, who are people peeing in pools? Peeing in the ocean, fine. It's oh, na- I'll pee in the pool. That is so gross. If it's not my pool? Why Why would you pee in someone else's pool? <laughs> what do I care? It's, it's chlorinated. It's self-cleaning. Not really. It's self-healing. No. Yeah. No. Returning it to nature. No. What, oh. what do you think is going to happen? I mean, you, you got to pee outside the pool. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. What is so? What is happening in the pool that's so, <laughs> you know... Important things happen in the pool. <clears throat> Plus, what if, you know, yeah, what if you are a little dehydrated? It stains your suit a little bit, and you're like, ooh. It stains your suit? I mean, how dehydrated are you for that? I don't happen? know. I forget to drink water. I don't know. Wow, yeah. I always, like, get nervous at the beach. I always have to, like, you know, make sure that we're, like, not just going suit right on. Just kind of got to flop everything out and make sure that there's nothing. I don't want to talk anymore about you flopping things out <laughs> at the beach. I don't know how we started in this direction, but well, it's 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 it, going to end right now. The water's a little colder, so there's less flopping, you know. Um, yeah. How do you feel about Polar Bear Club? Would you ever do that? Yes, I would. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? I like water. Water adventures are fine for me. But really cold water? Sure. Why not? Just for a second, or Just would you little, hang out in there? I would not hang out in there. I'd be like, "Woo, plungies!" And then I got to get the fuck out of here. Why don't you go to the one this year? I'm sure it we'll do it again. It is so early. It's early in the morning? Yeah, it's like at daybreak. Oh, why do they make you do it then? Because you're welcoming the new year. Oh. Oh, it's on the new year? Yeah. I guess I didn't even really know what the thing was. Yeah, you go on like New Year's Day and at like 8 in the morning, go splishy splashy in the cold water, and then you're like, oh, you're greeting the day. Hmm. Greeting the new year, rather. Yeah, I don't know if that's for me. I don't like being cold. I mean... I'm cold enough as it is in my heart. <sighs> I think temperature-wise, you are also cold. Didn't we just discuss the other day you're kind of like a middle-aged woman in terms of temperature? Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Which I don't understand. Things are not good for me at work right now because it's cold in there. There's a giant elevator shaft that brings up a lot of cold air Mm -hmm. into the building around where I have to work. And uh, 
And redacted, redacted gallery doesn't have endless amounts of money to shove on a heater. Uh, I don't know. We have a space heater in there now, but the central heating doesn't work so well against the incoming air. So you're telling me that a billion dollar location where there's, you know, arts uses a space heater. Yeah. And hopefully somebody remembered to turn it off because I certainly didn't. Yeah. mm. Yeah. Mm. Between that and the glue gun, you never know. It's just an accident waiting to happen. Allegedly. Okay, so just keep an eye out. Just set an alert for, like on the Citizen app to uh, just ping you if there's any fires in a certain <laughs> in the neighborhood. Vicinity. Yeah, <laughs> like fire at. Uh oh. Hey, it's not my problem. Nothing I'm going to do about it. What happens if a glue gun just burns out all the glue? It just gets hot. Uh, well, y- this is a common way of breaking a glue gun, leaving it on too long. Yeah. Because the the stick inside will eventually melt, and then it melts into the rest of the mechanism. And uh-huh. when you eventually turn the glue gun off, now you have hardened hot glue in the entire gun. Not in the shaft that's supposed to contain the glue, yeah. but in all of it. So you can no longer pull the trigger. It doesn't heat up properly. It fucks everything up. Yeah, so you take two quarters, go down to the dollar store, buy another glue gun. Interestingly, professional glue guns can be very expensive, and you don't want to break them. My favorite glue gun is around $400. Excuse me? Yeah. There's way more expensive ones than that, but... Why? It's still a thing that heats up a stick. Uh, Yeah, but, you know, like, if you have a dollar store glue gun and you pull that trigger, you can only get a couple inches, say, of glue. Right. Out of it, right? With a professional glue gun, that trigger is a lot more elastic, so you can do really, really long beads of glue, which is very helpful in constructing complicated things because there's oftentimes you need feet. Feet? Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're making like oh, a big feet. foam yeah. core okay. construction of some kind for a sculpture or for right, a collar right, for right, a painting, right. you, you might need nine feet of glue at once and you can't keep squeezing and squeezing and squeezing and squeezing because by the time you do that over the course of a few feet, the beginning of that strand is already dry. Yeah. And that's the other thing about the professional glue gun is the heat settings and the ability to turn it up real hot so that that doesn't happen. Hmm. Also, the sticks that feed into it are different. Yeah, how long and are these sticks? Um, they're longer and they're sometimes fatter, but they also have uh, ridges in them for mm. her pleasure. Yeah, I was going to say, these sticks um, sound very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the ridges are what allows it to continuously feed, too. Oh, so it's like a wheel. You pull a trigger and it wheels it through the... Uh, I don't know what the actual mechanism looks like. I, I don't, but If it's got ridges, if you know, it's kind of like turning then. Like it's not the stick isn't turning, but there's some sort of mechanism that's in like, the thing, yeah, yeah keeping like, it going, like gears, and then it's feeding it, like a yeah, uh, like a pasta machine. Mm-hmm. Also, these glue guns can put you can put wood glue in them, you can put epoxy in them, you can put all sorts of things in them for a variety of applications. I love this. Welcome to glue gun. Hour. Yeah, I don't know if I I don't know how I feel about glue gun moment, glue gun corner. Yeah, everyone get you know. I wanted autistic for glue guns uh, recently because you know it's the end of the year, so people are trying to use budgets up. Uh, yeah, so they don't get denied them in the f- in the future. Fis- yeah, fiscal quarter. Um, I made a push to get a cordless glue gun, which I didn't even know existed until the other day. Um, but eventually, I relented because I learned that the battery only lasts one hour. And there's that is too annoying. A lot of times when you need a glue gun for way longer than that. So, but the idea of having no cord, oh baby, that <sighs> I like cordless everything. 
I'm, Why? I'm absolutely 100% for the cordless future as we sit here at a table littered with in hundreds feet of, of, cord. of cords. Yeah. I mean, uh, see, I'm, I'm here for a corded phone. What? Like a, like a wall phone? Yeah. Like for, you'd have in the kitchen in the 90s? No, like a desk phone. You know, like a, you know. What? <laughs> I like desk phone. Okay, so, so explain to me so what it, a desk phone is because desk phones are like the size of like a you know like a trade paperback in terms of scale. Yeah, and then it's got like the little big old keypad, and then the little hanger, and then you have like the little oh, display. Oh, like at an office, like yeah, business yeah, yeah, phone. Yeah, sure. Okay, you like those phones? I hate those. Love phones. those. They don't look good, and they don't function the way that they're supposed to. Uh, they're always clearer. Uh, phone calls are. T- typically clearer than on a cord less phone but i don't know why this is true but mm. i somehow think it's it's true um there's something about the audio quality like when like because when it's cell phone to landline the quality is always really shitty i can't even remember the last time i used a landline phone i i don't know i think it's been long enough that i wouldn't be able to tell the difference anymore mm, you can't you're saying that there's higher fidelity on a landline phone uh-huh. by a lot oh yeah that you know really oh yeah interesting mm-hmm. okay why don't you get one for here i would fully support getting a landline for what to have who call i don't know just you know you want to make a call you pick up the landline on the cord <sighs> and you order your takeout or whatever oh like strictly use it just for you know for outgoing calls when you're home yeah, no one's going to call you on your landline. Or, you know, give that number out to uh, intimate friends. Oh, like when you're here, call the house? Yeah. Hey. And when you get home, turn your phone off. Oh, that would be nice. You know? Just be like, you know, if you need me, like just take all the numbers away. I've been thinking a lot lately about AIM, and I miss having away messages. I wish there was such a thing as away messages for iMessage. They should make this an innovation where you don't have to turn your phone off, but you can turn iMessage off and you just have an away message. So anybody that texts you gets the same automated reply, kind of like an out of office email. Can't you do that with the, 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 uh, there's a button. Hold on. I don't remember what the button looks like. The night, the night, night vision. I don't know if that's what that does. The moon, the moon button. Do not, do not disturb. Do not disturb is different though because it the text messages still come in without a reply going out. Oh uh, no, I think you can plug it, you know, plug it in so that way it's like I have do not disturb on. Have a great day. Oh really? I feel like yes. Maybe I'll start doing this then because there's a lot of the time when people will text me, and I just don't have anything to say in return. Mm-hmm. So I need to stew on it for a while, and I don't want to just outright ignore them. But that's what ends up happening accidentally because I forget about it. And I would rather there just be a message there that was like, "Hey, I'm not. I'm just. Yeah, not you can do- auto reply. I'm just not doing this right now, you know. Hi, I am my my texting is off. Thanks so much. Well, now that I know that feature exists, I'm going to implement it. That's what I'm saying. But you you have to choose who you want to auto reply to, because most of the time it, you could just it doesn't do it. Really? Yeah. Let's see. Oh, it's mostly for driving. Oh, yeah. My phone, ever since I updated it, it keeps prompting me anytime I'm moving too fast. <laughs> like, if I'm literally in the car, it happens. But also on the subway, I keep getting this prompt that's like, turn on drive safe. Because it thinks you're, like, texting and driving. If oh. your phone screen's on really? and you're moving at a certain speed. I have yeah. never had this happen to me. Yeah, it's happened to me a lot in the like, past few weeks. Ever since iOS 15 or whatever we're on now. We're on 15? iOS 69, 420. 
sick. Nice. Um. Yeah, I don't. Mm, mm. Yeah, I don't really. Mm, mm. I mean, I do like the idea of like you know, an away message. Yeah, and, and being like, able to customize it. I don't feel like doing this right now. And have it be kind of fun, you know. People used to do song lyrics or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to do weird little squiggly mark lines. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like lots that. of lots of emoticons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. embellishments. And you'd be like, okay, I'm gonna go on away because I I'm gonna do my homework, so just don't bother me. But then it would like only you turn it you, that was your like cue to just stop talking to one of your friends and then talk to a different one. Oh, absolutely it was always a power move or quite often it was yeah i mean and there, you knew people were there if you saw their like away status go on and off what sometimes if people didn't want to talk to you you could tell that that this was happening because their away status would go on and off quickly oh and you'd be like you're sitting at your computer i know it and you're just popping in and out you're ignoring me i mean i don't remember any of this i'm ha- i'm like now getting waves of like how the the aol screen was laid out it was a big deal man it was a much it was a much healthier attitude towards electronic communication because what would happen is obviously you couldn't use it while you were at school no smartphones kids mm-hmm. so every i remember this in high school every day coming home from school it was like a mad rush from like two thirty to 4 o'clock everyone was on aim you could yeah. talk to anybody, and that's how you made plans, and then you went out and did something. Oh. You know? I mean... And then late at huh. night, when everybody had to come home, 9, 10 o'clock, it was also quite populated. But it was only for these brief moments, you know? It wasn't like you were texting your friends all the time. Like, do you remember the first phone you got that could text? Yeah, my first phone. Really? I, I had a Nokia brick. I had a cell phone that... Well, I guess I didn't. My family had a cell phone that we kind of shared... Oh, like the big the big phone? That didn't text. It was yeah. just calls. And then I remember getting a flip phone oh. that could text with the T9. I didn't have a flip phone until college. Hmm. Are you sure? I mean, yes. I had an iPhone partway through college. So I had a Nokia all through high school. I thought you were school. a BlackBerry man yourself. I got the BlackBerry at the end of undergrad. Hmm. In my it was that late? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I also forget you're older than me sometimes. Yeah, I did not have, you know, because I, d- I didn't want a phone. I didn't want a phone with internet anyway. I just was like, why why, why do we do this? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I'm, I'm fascinated trying to remember, like, in the same way that it just went through your mind, you're like, oh, I'm having flashbacks to the AIM, like, format and imagery and stuff. That era of the internet is fascinating to me because I can't remember when we made the transition to texting was just a thing you were doing constantly all day. It seems like it's been that way forever, but like it wasn't even no. in 2007 when I first had an, I mean, it was, a, it was the iPhone. That's what it was. It's as simple as that. Cause before that, I don't remember texting all that much. I don't think it was actually the iPhone. I think it was iMessage because remember when everybody was just green all the time. But then, barely, but then there was the distinction of. of like, oh, there's iMessage. It's free. It doesn't go against your cell phone plan because it's just iPhone to iPhone. Right, right. So then I people, forgot that people, people paid for texting separately at, yes. at one time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we still are like, ooh, green bubble poor. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. it's not even green bubble poor. It just means green bubble. What the fuck is this? Who's ruining the group text right now? Who's fucking up the group chat? Yeah. yeah. I can't send you fireworks or... Or like a message yeah. without it saying, you liked a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to read more. The whole idea is just boop, boop. 
Anyway, I like that period in time, though, because I, I, that's what I want to return to. I feel like if humanity has like a clear path that isn't ripe with catastrophe, we have to go back to an era where we had designated times, more or less, for using your electronic stuff and communicating with each other. And otherwise, you're in a blackout zone. See, I think even like reverting back to the BlackBerry is a wonderful idea. It has no time-sucking application. That's true. It's a really unattractive use case. But that's the Black thing. Blackberries were not fun to deal with. But you got it because you're like, I just want to be able to check my fucking email right. and send texts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people talk about the light phone, you know, that like iPhone that's Stupid, black yeah. and white and it just has Google Maps and like your email on it. Hate it. But I wonder, yeah, I wonder how many adopters of that actually stick with it. Probably none. I feel like that's just a total racket of people buying them, using them for a month, and then it's like the back. people like you know. Remember the the moment when like thirty year old Brooklyn hipsters were went back to the flip phone because they're like, yeah, I just can't, I can't have all the apps, man. Did, did you see there was an article in the Guardian recently where a lady had was a holdout with the flip phone mm-hmm. like through all of this up until this year? At some point in COVID, she eventually was you know basically forced to get a smartphone Mm -hmm. oh yeah it was because of qr menus Uh, she started having a real problem at restaurants because they didn't have paper menus to give her anymore and her friends at first would accommodate her using their phone for Uh stuff like that and then eventually we're just like this has to stop like you just need your own um but she really you know it was a whole like lamentation of regret yeah um because she had managed for a long time to like do things the old-fashioned way, but it was all of her friends being like, you know, we're not doing this thing where you call us and make plans and we meet you in mm-hmm. a 15-minute window anymore. That's just not how the world works. Right. And she had to give it up. But I think it's much more healthy. I think we should go back to that. I would like the idea of like, you know, this is, you know, my, the the joy of like, you know, the way things were, especially in, in business land. Like, you know, I, I worked for companies where, oh, you're you're the HBIC. Here's your work phone. Yeah. Oh, if I just had a work phone, you a really separate need to, object. You Ooh, baby. need to go back even farther in time and just have a pager. Why? No. Because, you know, you only need to be accessed in emergencies. I mean, truly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that would really disincentivize people from doing it. And, you know, over a pager, you could get a sort of text, like a really limited word set, maybe one word that just said, call me or, you know, whatever. Please call. Yeah. And I'd be like, what do you want? What do you want? I feel like that's all you need is just the prompt to make a phone call. No more information, no less. And, you know, you only use that... when but that's circumstances not, are dire. But that's not how other people live in the world. Right. Other people live in the world on their phone and they're like, I have to call? No. I, it may, I'm a scared to call. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I know. This is the guardian lady's problem. It's the rest of the world that makes this... Very difficult. Yeah. And, you know, like there's the... There's the turn where, you know, anxious people really love the texting and it's really great for them. It's more ableist to have this. And I'm like... Honest, that's horseshit. Honestly, fuck you, No. Because if you want to make a call, you can. Like, the the restaurant in um, Greenwich that I was looking at, they were like, we don't do digital uh, reservations. You do have to call us for a reservation. And I was like, ooh, how old school. Yeah. You can't just tippy-tap buttons on the Googles and get a resi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
look, it's just another example in a long line of them where we can't organize society around the weakest among us. I mean... We just simply cannot do that. I'm sorry if you're too anxious to talk on the phone with someone, which is ridiculous. Also, I mean, that's already at such a distance. Voice itself is too is, much for yeah, you. Then, I, then I'm sorry. Uh, you're not going to survive uh, Spartan style. We're going to kick you off the cliff <laughs> as a sacrifice. Oh boy. I mean, I don't... I mean, I kind of don't get it because I'm like... I'm like, listen, like, it's faster. I love a phone call. You want to know why? I can get shit done a lot faster. A never-ending email chain that I'm, like, waiting on information for all fucking, you know, five minutes just extends the amount of deciding time. Yeah. And I go, we could have got this done about 20 minutes ago. Oh, I know, I know. A phone call A phone call is always better for coordination. Always. Sometimes it's like... Without fail. You know, it, it things get a little too, like meandery and i'm like i didn't call about that but okay here we are i guess we're on the phone now so you get you know sometimes yeah. sucked into some some this happens to me in on personal calls more often than business calls but it, oh. it happens in both areas. yeah personal calls i'm like hello are you still there i think the sensation of being heard gets people in a space where they're like okay i have a forum now if you're talking about an employee or you know a subordinate yeah Oh, it's usually my boss. He gets a little. We go through. We go through a little journey, and I'm like, "Didn't call for the journey. Mm-hmm. Just uh, I wanted to yell for approximately ninety seconds, just a vent. Yeah, tell you information, and then I want to hang up in about four minutes and forty five seconds. I just get to yell into the ether. You give me the. I know. I know. I know. A little bit of advice, and then we're done. And I don't need water. I really don't need any more watering. Other than like that five minute interaction. But then we're going to, you know, we're going to have story time and now it's 15. And I'm like, didn't sign up for that. This is three weeks worth of interaction that you're, you know, using up. Do you think he's just lonely or something? No, he's just thorough. Thorough people do this too. Huh. They're I like, mean, just I, to make sure that you under. I'm like, I, of course, oh, I'm, okay. yeah, I yeah, of course understand right. that. You know, it's just like, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. 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 I think a uh-huh. lot of I think a lot of bosses and higher ups are that way because they have dealt with a lot of dinglings in their day and yes. over explaining never hurts. Right. But it's really condescending to do that to a competent employee and yet they for some practical reasons feel compelled to treat all of their employees the same. I mean, you kind of have to. You have you do have to. You have level. to because then someone's going to be like, well, that's not fair. You didn't yell at that person. I'm like, yeah, because I just have to look at them and they get the shame. You, I have to explain what shame is. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. It's, again, even teaching. You're just like, oh, why does that person just get a quick, you know, a quick thing? And then you have to sit here and explain this to me. I'm like, because you're dumb. Yeah. At least teaching, you can be like, because you're stupid. <laughs> I mean, you be not necessarily. I mean. You shouldn't you, necessarily be doing that, but. I mean, I would you. I I I still do this. I'm like, it seems like you're like, yeah, you're telling me that you're getting, but it seems like you're not getting it, just based on what we're looking at together here. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I read it. It was totally unrelated topic. I don't even remember what the primary thread was about, but I read a Reddit comment the other day that I've been thinking about. That's along these lines. That was saying like, in order to explain something, you know, succinctly. You need to understand the fundament so much better than your summary even conveys. Yes. Um, so I feel like that's related, right? Like, it's hard to 
it's hard to explain to someone how little they're actually getting it. Yeah. It, it, that makes sense in terms of like, because if you're like, if there's no base level of agreeing on what the terms are of the talkings, yeah. you're just like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, motherfucker? And the answer is no. Yeah. But no one likes to say, no, I really don't. Right. Because then you're like, okay, so what part are you missing? And they're like, all of it. And you're like, holy shit, what? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not always it's not always all of it. It's never all of it. There's always one fundamental misunderstanding at the core of something that people are like, that trips up all of the logic cards from there. Right, right. And you're like, okay, so which one is it? You're like trying to defuse a bomb and being, being like, which wire do I have to cut for you to get this? Right, but without understanding like the wider problem space, they can't identify for you which part they're missing. I know. Their, their, their shredded chain of logic prevents them from, you know, yeah. they don't have the fundament. So how can they identify a component of that? Again, that's what, right. That's this is when we, you know, talk about will or skill. Is it that you want to know but don't skill yeah or you can probably figure it out but you don't want to really you know figure out what it is will Hmm. yeah yeah my favorite thing where did this come from was this like a corporate training thing what this dichotomy did you invent this no this is just how you manage people yeah I, i i know but i'm asking you how did you learn that through other other people who do the same thing and they told you it in these terms, in the binary. Yeah. You, the will well, versus skill thing. I've just never heard that before. Well, it's like, like, can you, you know, well, it's the other binary is train up or train out. Explain that to me. You build someone up, you give them skills. Like if they're floundering, you either train, you know, give them more skills, train them to be, to fulfill what they're supposed to do. Or you train them out and you go, you give them all the information. Then when they can continue to not do what you've gone through, then you can, you know, have consequences. Oh. <laughs> and the consequences are, okay, so you fucked that up. Here's your little piece of paper. Here's another one. Here's your final one. Have a great day. You're fired. Or you train them to be like, I'm just going to take away responsibilities until you just decide that it's clear, you know, <laughs> clearly not for you. Yeah. Are there ever people that end up uh, with so few responsibilities but don't get the idea that they should uh-huh. move on? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, I've I've also been all of these people. As yeah, well, I, I think every, I think everybody has. I mean, it just gets me thinking. It's amazing. I I would. It's hard to quantify, so I don't think there could ever really be like a study done. But it would be interesting to know what percentage of the U.S. workforce genuinely has no responsibility at their job. Like, I'm, has the job but has negative productivity. Oh, I bet so it's a, many. I bet it's oh a my lot god. Of at every level, too, like from the C-suite down, there's people like. Oh, there. I mean, you know, in New York City, there's the rubber room for teachers of like if they had a, if they did a bad thing, like they just go to the like the substitute teachers lounge, and just never leave it, but they sit there all all the time. Wait, until they, really? Yeah. And they don't. The New so York Post loves. This they don't story. actively teach classes. They Mm-mm. just literally have a room that they're relegated to. All the bad teachers just sit and smoke cigarettes wow. and drink coffee. Yeah. Damn, that sounds really good at first, but then imagine how boring your well, life is. Well, they're so close to retirement, and they don't give a fuck because they've been battered down by teenagers or little kids yeah. their whole life. They're like, this is fine. Right. I just have to show up and get paid. Well, it's adjacent, but a lot of tenured professors are also this. 
Oh, I mean, we had yeah. experiences like this at college that really jaded me about the concept of tenure, especially because nobody from our generation really gets it anymore. Right. And you look at people that like have one class that they do not give a single solid fuck about. Right. That's on complete autopilot for decades. And you're like, this person makes $100,000 a year. Stephen only made 90. <laughs> It's all in it's all in good fun, Westy. He wasn't a bad teacher. He got no. a bad rap, but he was he was, he was fine. Fu- he was fine, and he tried hard. He tried well, sometimes. You know, he tried hard enough. I mean, a fucking a tenured, he'd be like, he'd be like traffic's a bitch. Professor. I'm not coming. In. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a, you know, that's a low ceiling for the the best the best tenured art professor in the world yeah. is only micrometers away from the worst one. I mean, yeah. I mean, granted, like you know, in that case, you know, he's got tenure two places. Works all the time. Is always doing something because you know, you know, uh, what's it called? Something devil, uh, idle hands. Uh, yeah, devil's play things. Right, then right, you go right. Glug, glug, mm-hmm. and then oopsies. Um, so yeah, that's just like uh, he's spinning all the plates because he's got to keep plate spinning. Yeah, I mean, the thing I would not want to do if I was a tenured professor is the bureaucracy, which is ninety percent of it anyway. There are people who love bureaucracy, though. Love it. Love it. Yeah, give me... I mean, there continue. People, well, because it is a certain kind of power trip. So if you're just like, well, I have my tenure and the power that I have comes from my tenure. Everyone everyone has a little kingdom. Yeah, sure. You but know. that's not really the same thing as bureaucracy. I mean, I, I, I yeah, think there's a lot of is. people that love their little kingdom, but is there people that love like sitting in meetings and doing paperwork? Yes. Yeah, I guess that's That's how you keep keep and control the power. Is adding, you know, more paper things and CCing everyone on emails and going, what the fuck is, you know. Right, right. Like, how much of succession is just meetings? It's all of it. It's all meetings. I mean, that's all, that's what people at a high level of any organization ultimately do all day is meetings. Which is insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I see this all the time at work now because, you know, the bureaucracy where I work is way bigger than anywhere I have before. And... My highest up boss, meaning the person that's still at my location, because there's higher ups yeah. than that, obviously. He his day is literally it's always all meetings. Yeah. And if he's not doing meetings, he has to answer emails about future meetings. Uh-huh. And that's it. Yeah. Being it a... seems really hellish, honestly. Like you you know, You're I just get to the move around piece. and like do different things. But yes, he's just he's just a mouthpiece. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the goal. Like the goal is like I always like explain this like, you know to to my you know manager underlings it's like i am your vessel i am your communications director i will be your cruise ship coordinator but uh so you need it you come to me things come to me i give it to you in the way that you need it but you know i am the communication vessel you know right i am the network yeah yeah so you 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 know don't go fucking buck wild emailing people all stupid because if you have one fucking typo, I will rip your head off. Because <laughs> then not only do you look extra stupid, I by proxy look dumb. Yeah, and if yeah. you don't give me proper information when I ask for it, then we all look bad. Right. Yeah. And if I look bad, I kill you. I've been rubbing up against this a little bit in in my role because I fall in a weird, a weird space in this organization. I'm being extra careful about talking about this but i fall i fall into a weird space in this organization where i generally have a similar level of experience to the to my higher ups 
I'm cl- I, I have more years of experience doing this than most of the people I work with, uh-huh. but not enough to be a man, be in management, right? Mm-hmm. So I get a little over my skis sometimes when it comes to the bureaucracy where I'm like, well, I get emails. I can fucking answer emails. Uh, and yeah. I've learned that it's better to not for ex- exactly the reason that you just described because my bosses are like, you sent what to who? Yeah, you like have, I, you like have to I, look at who's asking. Like it wasn't a bad interaction, and I I pulled it off. I mean, it was fine. It, there was to me, it didn't it didn't register that it was a big deal. But I I had an email thread in private with a senior registrar. Oh, at Oops. a different location than where I work that I've never even met. Uh huh. That just like ha- it happened organically, and I felt like oh I know the I know how yeah. to respond to this. I'll do it, and I did it. And my boss, when he found out, was kind of like you were talking to who about what, and like I don't know about it. Yeah, you like got, that's not. That's why you got to you got to see. He's like, you got to CC me on everything you're doing, and I was like, okay, yeah, I get it now. Yeah, and uh-huh. it was it was not that I did anything wrong or bad. It was like totally fine. I j- I was just like, oh, I just answered it because I knew the answer. Yeah, and no one no. was responding to her, and he was like, do not. <laughs> and it was in in so many words, you know. It's basically just like, it's like thank you, but don't. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not good to be precocious. There's a fine line between that and an ambition, you know, and you want to strike a balance. Like I was going through this with a new hire, someone even newer than me. Mm -hmm. He was standing around one day and he's like, what should I be doing? Like, no one's telling me what to do. And I was like, no one's going to tell you what to do. (laughs) And like, don't worry about it, man. It's pretty chill here. Like, you don't have to feel like you're always doing something. He's like, but I'm new and like, I want to be proactive and whatever. And I was like, yeah, I get it. But you're like, until someone gives you a million dollar painting, just sit down and shut up. Just cool. it. It's okay. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard because you want to establish yourself and you want to establish a presence because part of what gets you uh, advancement in any situation, it could be a social situation too, is institutional knowledge. When you have that and you're able to uh, navigate it and weaponize it to your advantage, you become indispensable. Yeah, or you become furniture. Like I, I, I There's two ways to go. I became, you know, furniture of 99 Prince Street because they were just like, you know everything about this godforsaken building. I'm like, I know, isn't it terrible? And they're like, yeah, so you stay here. I'm like, but please, please let me leave. Please let me do something or give me anything. They're like, no, your furniture. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, it it relates back again. I was talking to another coworker who is tired of doing their typical job and is like, I don't want to do the physical stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. I just want to, you know, do something a little, frankly, easier. Yeah, because I'm getting older and I've been here a while, and so they're concocting for themselves a new position, mm. and I think that's kind of what you have to do. That's what you is do. be like. Yeah. I invented a job and I already have it. Yeah, and if it's true that you did make some innovation, usually a place will be like, yeah, okay, yeah, and that's how you escape that trap of just becoming furniture. Because yeah. there's people, there's people at every company, but where I work, that have been there like decades that are just furniture they never quite advanced in the right way they didn't make they're also not trying to not be furniture well i think i think it's not a question of trying or not sometimes you know it's like it's like that uh uh, that pink floyd line that's like uh 10 years got behind you no one told you when to run you missed the starting gun like it's not a question of. i don't know anything about that it's not a question of effort it's just that time went by and they it passed them right you know I mean, this is why, you know, this is why I do the works until, got, you know, the wee hours. Because I'm like, I'm trying to make my own job over here. Right. Trying to, you know, that I know existed. 
Yeah, but be careful not to you know be careful not to remake yourself into another armchair. You know, no, it can happen I, the same way. I just want to you know be able to put it on a resi, and then just be like, so I can have a sit down job. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, you yeah. know, Papa's Papa's tired. Papa's tired. I always think about this because you know, the beautiful American holiday known as Black Friday was just upon us. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. I've done fifteen of them. I'm good, if not more. No, fifteen sounds right. I've done a lot of them. And, you know, this year, the public was, they went ham. And I'm like, we're still in a Panda Express. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And they're like, yeah, we just traveled here from, some, you know, some random country. I'm like, cool. Um, you you did what now? You came from what, who, what, where? Huh? Yeah. You know, because uh, of o- Omicron variant, a lot of countries are shutting off borders again and yeah. putting up, putting in lockdowns and stuff. Um, I noticed recently because I've been looking at plane tickets just for fun because I want to travel internationally next year, hopefully, that countries with lighter or, uh, yeah, lighter COVID restrictions, their tickets are really expensive right now. Well, like you can go to a lot of Central American countries. Yeah. Um, normally really cheap because they're not that far from here and you know they're desirable tourist locations but also people perceive them as unsafe and to some extent that's true so it's you know costa rica or whatever is usually a 300 hundred dollar flight right now it's yeah. like a thousand dollars why because people can travel there and you don't have to wear a mask necessarily right. getting yeah. in and out of the country is easy and i and i get the sense that all over the world this is probably true yeah like uh they just put in restrictions to south africa and like other african nations i mm-hmm. guess but they still run flights because you just have to for global, you know, economy management. Yeah. I guarantee you, you could go to Johannesburg, South Africa right now for like $250. Something ag- aggressively. Cheap. Why would you want to? I don't know. I would love to go to Africa. I, uh, you know, why not? Like every place is interesting. Johannesburg? Sure. I mean, it's the capital. Let's see some tennis statues and call it a day. I don't know. Maybe go visit that guy that cheated at cricket or whatever. What? <laughs> you don't remember that documentary? I didn't watch it. No. <laughs> um, he was Dutch. Yeah, a lot of South African. Oh yeah, Africaners. I guess the Dutch. Yeah. The Dutch are terrible people, though. I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know a ton about the Dutch, honestly. Dutch East India Company. Yeah, not a not a famously you know great reputation over there. Yeah. True. Yeah, they didn't. They weren't nice to uh, the black people. Mm-mm. In that region, I don't think they're nice to most Europeans either. Yeah, I, they they have that stony, cold demeanor of yeah, the Nordics. Like it, it's, you know, it's dark for most of the year, and then you know, come summertime, they just go ham for three well, wait straight a minute, months. Actually, wait, the Dutch are from the Netherlands. I don't know. They're from Holland. I was thinking of Danes for some reason. That's different. I don't know if Dutch people are mean. Mm. I went to Amsterdam a long time ago, and I didn't get that sense. Oh, they're very... Pro- oh, wait. Dutch or Dan? Who's worse? Danish people? Danish people. Where does Ikea come from? Sweden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are three different places. Huh. Yeah. I guess I don't know the difference. They're all white. All whites look the same to me. <laughs> First of all, you are one. I know. But I'm like, you know, dirty street white, you know. Irish or, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Even though I am blonde and white. But not anymore. Oh, you're not anything in that department. I'm clear. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I keep, I don't know. I, I hate the, the whole idea of like, 
so we have supply chain issue mm-hmm. that so it extends the con- consumerism window of of the end of the year from to like october one right and now we're getting a, a variant so like then the spending will stop around mm, christmas and then we'll just have shutdowns for places i'm like can we just figure it out figure it out yeah the mixed messaging around all of this stuff is what's driving everyone crazy i mean the pro- the problem is uh, as we've discussed in the past maybe it's kind of nice to do like a covid update i feel like i haven't bitched about coronavirus in a while and and i'm really ready to you're ready rearing and ready to go i just want to be like you know what if it's good, if you know okay so you got your shots great we love it you're gonna get a booster i'm gonna say no to the booster. well here's the problem they just changed their messaging around this prior to i think yesterday or the day before the messaging around the booster was always unclear but the gist of it was it's optional but if you're elderly or vulnerable you definitely should get it and then the other day they come on and biden is like everyone needs to get it because of this new variant and but the the guy from Moderna was like, I don't think it's, that's going to even work. I'm Yo, like, listen, I mean, I watched like a part of an interview with that guy. It, the real conspiracy around COVID, okay, is drug patents. Yes, yeah, is that they're they're trying to keep that IP private so that the third world doesn't get these vaccines, keeps producing new variants, which in turn require boosters that the rich world buys forever. Yeah. That's and I said and I said it was a conspiracy, but it's not. Like that is a deliberate strategy on their part. Shouldn't it be free? W- w- the vaccine? Yeah. I mean, it's free to us because our government's buying it from pharmaceutical companies. Should it be free to the entire world? Yes. But places like South Africa have been thrust into a position where they're trying to reverse engineer Moderna's formula because we won't give it to them. <sighs> and we will sell it to them, but only in limited quantities, you know, for basically for their elites to get. And it's deliberate on the part of pharmaceutical companies. If if the Biden administration wanted to, they could rescind the patent protections on them right now. And so why not do it? the rest of the world? Because it's not profitable, because now you've basically turned it into a generic drug and Pfizer and Moderna can't keep their stock inflated as a result. Tough titties. I know. I'm, but. This is why I'm so frustrated with people that are still, like, COVID-sensitive. Is like, by the time a new variant comes out again in a really timely fashion, right? Right when everybody's already doing boosters, you know? Like, it was a joke at the beginning of the pandemic that you would have to get a shot for the rest of your life. And now it's the fucking true. Same thing with the lab leak things. Like, all of these things that the entire time... And I mean, we've been early on this because I am invested in in this type of thinking. But like everything that conspiracy theorists have told you about COVID has happened. And it's happening in the same order that everybody said it would. And so at this point, if you're still like afraid of it or don't believe <laughs> that there's something going on here that has nothing to do with public health. Mm. Or that it is even worse than that, actually, is demonic in the sense that it's tanking public health worldwide in order to keep a subscription service in place. Yeah. Like, you're a lunatic. You're out of your mind. Yeah. I mean, having the flu, what I'm going to guess was the flu. I don't know. Oh, when you were sick yeah. recently. I feel yeah. like I feel like that was bad. Like, it felt bad. But it reminded me of, like, you know, having you know, second shot where I was like, oh, my body don't work for two days. Oh, no. Um, but afterwards, I was like, well, okay. That's just, you know, we get sick again now. 
Okie dokie. Yeah, I mean, it, it is funny because I think everybody in general has been less sickly than we used to be. I think it was yeah. pretty common to get sick once or twice a year for a lot of people. Like, yeah, in the fall you get your one cold and you're like, son of a bitch. Sure, and then it goes almost two years and you really don't get sick at all unless you've gotten COVID. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you get normal sick, you're like, oh, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Like, your body just goes through it. You kind of have to. Yeah, and the only thing now that you have is like, well, we have the boogeyman, so I I don't have to just suffer through it and go to work. Because normally I would be like, you know, if I have a fever, I'm like, well, I'm not calling it out. Right, which is which Fucking is a, kidding me? which Never. is a good side effect of all of this. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't knock that. People shouldn't work if they don't feel they're up to it. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, fully fine. I I like these. Like that's the one rule that I'm like, oh, you have a fever, no workies. Right, but then people are like, you know, panic and they're like, so you're gonna go get a test, right? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I guess I'll pay for it. I don't know. Right? Do, do we even pay for those? Yeah, COVID test. Yeah. Yeah. How? Through your insurance. Oh. So like a normal doctor's visit thing. Yeah, they're not free. Huh. That's sure? a, I mean, that, that's another... That's another I didn't have to pay at CityMD, and I'm very confused. They're probably going to bill you, man. Or bill your insurance, and then they'll bill you. Huh. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're free. Like, the last time I had to get a COVID test was when I had it, and they were free at that time. Right. But I don't think they are anymore. I don't think they are either. No. So, which is also a, another example of how you know things are going on because free testing, yeah, should be a thing, right? You would imagine that if if we're actually concerned about the threat of this virus and not y- using it for propaganda means, that would be alongside vaccines the number two thing that you would do. Yeah, is have free testing sites all over the place, but they don't do that. You know, this is a big deal for people with kids in school right now because oh, all right. of the school things are up to states and municipalities so all of their protocols are different yeah all of their testing regimes are different and stuff but parents are having to pay for tests constantly because if a kid that was in class with your kid gets mm-hmm. covid now everybody has to isolate for two weeks at home which is a problem for the parents that have to work and get tested oh. before they can return to school in some states what in some places that's yeah. asinine it's insane so you're having, and and obviously they're children. They get sick all the time. Kids are getting COVID all the time. They're gross. So this is happening like multiple times a school year. And now you have to get a PCR test or whatever that can cost a hundred bucks. It's like, it's not, it's not cheap. No. And it's part of the scheme. You know, and I <sighs> joked about it with you, I, I think when we were talking about Alex Jones, but like one of the conspiracies that I, I think is incidentally true is that this whole thing that you went through of like getting normal sick. And kind of remembering what it's like, but also everyone's afraid of you suddenly. It was great. COVID re- probably reduced global immunity to of to a lot of different diseases by a lot. Uh, you need maybe. you need engagement with like the the rest of the biological world, even in a negative sense, constantly to keep your right. immune system functioning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I you know, I will chalk it up to the fact that I was you know in a overcrowded bar and i'm sure that there are people who are like yeah here's my vaccine card but <coughs> oh yeah you but my point is though that that's fine and yeah. that should be okay you know i mean i don't know i i still think we can publicly shame the people who are like i'm gonna go out and have fun even though i'm ill i mean it de- it depends i mean the, like the... listen leper stay home we don't want it i don't i don't think you need to be afraid of illness for the most <sighs> part you know you really don't 
It's not very life-threatening in almost every case. Right. And, you know, different illnesses, are, you're symptomatic at different times, right. you're contagious at different times. Like, somebody that has a cough that's getting over a cold can have that cough for two weeks, but I they're know, not spreading true. anything. Yeah. So, it's, it, all of this is nonsense. It's crazy. Well, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting, re- I'm getting really fed up again with COVID stuff because I, I think it's because I had a taste of Ohio again, mm-hmm. where just, oh my god, this is great. There's 400 people here, and nobody gives a fuck about this. And how many people got COVID? A couple. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, everybody super spreader. You know, some people got COVID, but it's like most people are vaccinated. You're not going to die yeah. from it. It's not a big deal. And now you have natural immunity, which is the best thing you can have. Okay, well, that's getting a little close to, you know... Which, by the way... Is, getting some crystals and... No, no way, dude. Mm. I mean, it's so insane that that's outside of the discourse. Like, uh, the CDC doesn't recognize natural immunity as a form of, like, COVID protection. Which it obviously is. Like it is for every disease in the world. You know? Like, I mean, it's so the CDC crazy. CDC also encouraged, you know, parents to, you know, take their kids to chicken pox parties so they could all just get it. Well, yeah, because you get natural immunity and it's not life-threatening. Oh, I thought it is. It can be well, for... Well, now, now it's bad. It can be for adults, but it's oh. not really for kids. That's why you get it as a kid. Like, I never had chicken pox. If I get it as an adult, I'm fucked. Yeah, you just get shingles. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not, you're not fucked in the sense you're going to die, but it's going to be a much worse illness than it otherwise would have been. Never had chicken pox? No, because I never got sent to a chicken pox party. I didn't either, but, you know, kids are gross. I don't know. Parents, I just managed you know, to avoid it. I had it twice, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, no. That's bad, right? Hmm. I have a scar under my right nipple that is from a really hain pox. Yeah, a lot of people have that. I've heard this. Yeah. Yeah. That shit itches like, ooh, ooh, mmm. Although, side benefit of chicken pox, if you ever get it, you get to take the oatmeal bath. Is that literally a bathtub full of oatmeal? Like a vino oatmeal mixture, yeah. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Soothes your whole body. Wow. That sounds kind of nice, actually. Uh, as a as a youth, when you're like all red and inflamed, it's not really the greatest thing that you're like, you don't really want to do that because it's a little chunky. Yeah, I mean, it also sounds gross, but yeah, you know, people do mud baths and I don't the think that's a masks thing. And stuff. I don't think mud baths are a thing. I don't know. Mud wrestling's a thing. Oh, I don't need to know what you watch on, you know, in the wee hours. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just want, not that I, I want over, but I'm just tired of caring. Yeah, which good you should be, I, and and that's fine. I, I think that almost everybody's on this page at this point. I mean, I'm pissing into the wind as far as bitching because I think everybody in their heart of hearts agrees, even if they have to virtue signal about it in certain circumstances. Like, I don't even think we have to do that anymore. I think no. most people are like, it's been two years, we're done. Well. It, this is the best thing about living in the United States right now is that you know for damn sure for a lot of reasons the money trains on the lockdowns ain't never coming back. Like, no. I'm glad I don't live in Australia or Europe and shit where they are like arresting people for you know breaking quarantine and shit. That will never happen in the United no. States, which is amazing. Um, I am bummed that I live in a large liberal city that will not drop this for years to come which is really unfortunate when there are places where you just don't even have to worry about it i mean you know we're just like getting on track with like other global cities 
that like oh yeah you've said this in the past but honestly that's a bummer i mean you know you got to take the good with the bad when you live in, in, in any place but especially in a place like this one nice thing about a cosmopolitan city is the mix of cultures and the fact that you kind of live in a separate country it's a micro state yeah. new york city and like you know that's great you get a lot of influences from all over the world and it's fun and you feel you have a unique cultural identity that's separate from the rest of america but i don't know bringing yourself in line with like tokyo yeah i, I don't like it. i don't love it i'm still an american i would I, I would be fine if we were like tokyo and i wasn't waiting for a train for fucking 20 minutes when i want to ride well one. yeah if we had the good that came with tokyo on one yeah. level that would be another situation like this is the part where i'm like okay i'll, I'll, I'll wear the mask on the train and you know in the public spaces but like can we make things a little bit can we get the trains to run on time here please okay mussolini yeah Get me some piano wire. Let's get some shit done. <laughs> we- well, you know what? I mean, I, I don't know how much it'll affect the MTA or whatever. I'm a little... I, I don't know. I think I've in- disincentivized our listeners from ever contacting me about things I say on the show. But uh, <laughs> I'm... I'm kinda, Right in! I'm kind of hyped for Eric Adams, honestly, on this level. Why? Because you don't give a fuck? Because he's not... He He's a little more conservative, and he's he caters to the Staten Island people, and he might dial back the covid shit at least i don't think so i think on some level he will i don't know he's also the man who drove on the sidewalk to get around traffic yeah i mean he doesn't get, he doesn't give a fuck he's a self he's a self-serving you know moronic person on the same level that all these people all are. mayors are but yeah. i don't think he's i don't think he's as invested in virtue signaling to appeal to you know rich liberals I mean, I think he's he's a little he's he seems at least a little bit more cavalier about what he's willing to do. I I don't know. I think after uh, Mayor Bill, I think we're all done with that. Yeah, the bungler. Like, no, when you have people even on NPR calling in to scream at you, what does that say? You know, you're not doing a great job. Well, that's on some level that is the mayor of New York's job. Because they don't have that much real power other than to be yelled at by the populace and hated. There's very few New York mayors that are, like, really loved. Like, Giuliani had it for a minute because of 9-11. Ed Koch. Ed Koch, I guess, yeah. Um, Bloomberg, but in a weird way. No, he was not. Uh, People liked him as mayor, though, man. Ugh. Yeah. Why? He did a lot. I mean, he did a lot of good for the city. So did Giuliani. it's, It's strange to say that, but, like... They made it the Disneyland. The difference, but yeah, you know. I know, and there's there's downsides to that too. But the difference between like old old you know '90s and pre New York versus post 9/11 New York, it's a it's a safer city. It is. Yeah, I find, but but it's also more gentrified and shitty in other ways too. You know, I'm not. It's not all good by any means. It somehow got expensive and worse. Yeah, but like worse in the sense that it got bland. Like I think that's what's bad about it. Oh, that's no, what I, everybody resents. I just mean operationally, it's bad. Yeah, but it always has been kind of. But I don't think there was. I, I don't. It could not be. Maybe. It could not be, but we just choose not to, because we're like, well, the MTA and the Port Authority have to fight for reasons. Well, yeah, it seems to me too that they're also just completely rife with like incompetence and corruption, like every other layer of government. Right. It. it that seems to have a lot more to do with it than like any drama about infighting. It's like. Yeah, it's an interstate agency that's difficult, but you could figure that stuff out. It's more that a lot of money just gets wasted. Wasted. Yeah. Ooh, you can pay with your phone. Well, it turns out you actually have to have your, you know, tax base direct 
the revenue it raises towards large scale infrastructure projects regularly and not just once every 50 years and getting three stops on a new line you know like yeah. th- they waste a ton of money doing like the second avenue subway which you don't really need if the rest of the subway was improved right so how many stops is it but for? that boondoggle has a lot of money in it for contractors for bureaucrats you know it's easy to see where it all gets misspent and why people are incentivized. To do also, that. it's really nice to put people on retainer for 10 years. Right, exactly. And then never do the project so mm-hmm. because your buddy, your fishing buddy is the guy who's in charge of the contractor wrangling, you know? Yeah. You know what project I am really excited about? This is not a New York City thing, but uh, the James Webb Space Telescope is finally launching in December. What? Uh, it's the... It's the... Uh, what word am I looking for? It's the follow-up to the Hubble. Hubble 2 electric boogaloo? Yeah. Sorry, my, my, my wires got crossed for a second. What? I forgot where I was. You have that effect on me sometimes. Sometimes when we're podcasting and I look at you and you make a joke, I just like, the whole thread just flies out the window. Yes. And I'm like, what year is it? Um, <laughs> any, <laughs> anyway. No, the yeah, the Hubble was launched you know what the hubble space telescope is everybody knows that. yeah yeah it was launched in 1990 though and at the time it was like really amazing it's only th- it's that young yeah i thought it was like from the 70s they're like hubble no no the, the hubble was you know it's not that old but now it's old yeah now it's really old and imagine like what a the highest end digital camera in 1990 could do versus what the highest end digital camera today Woof. can do yeah so you're talking about why don't we just shoot an iPhone up into space? You're talking about that. I mean, the Hubble has less resolution than an iPhone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so they they have been working on this follow up since they launched Hubble, and because it's a giant federal project, right. it's subject to all of these same missteps and fuck ups, and you know, cancellations and replannings and re- blah blah blah. But long story short, after 30 years, they're finally launching it. And it'll be really, really interesting to see what kind of images come out of that when they eventually get it up there and running, and like what kind of advancements can be made in astrophysics. Ah, physics, because I don't know, being able to see farther and clearer is going to be pretty amazing. There'll be like really interesting scientific discoveries, hopefully, in the next few years. Hmm. You hear about the if two black holes get too close to each other, there could be bubbles that wipe out the entire galaxy oh really so they're docking and then there's some some froth yeah yeah Hmm. but it it it, you know something about gravity being right on the edge of two things that it's going both ways simultaneously so if there's you know spillover it what so it creates like a gravitational bubble that is ejected from their little dance yeah so light light just starts shooting other stuff yeah destroys it or warps it or something Interesting. Is that just totally theoretical? I like, don't did know. they figure this out in math? I I feel like they don't figured think it out they in math. Observed yeah. this yet? But they no. were, but that's interesting because that's one of the things that, like, with this new telescope, they could maybe observe. See, you know, it wasn't until I, I forget when. I think it was only two or three years ago where they finally photographed a black hole. That had never happened before. I mean, there was no concrete evidence other than circumstantial evidence for black holes until a few years ago. I mean, I could open up my phone and show you a black hole, but. Anyway. Listen, based on what you told me about that guy. What? <laughs> Anywho. Um, you know. Um, 
yeah that that was the only like interesting sciencey thing that i saw about space that was like you could froth and everything could explode and die i'm like maybe we don't know about that how about we just don't know about that one okay and if we observe that happening let's just not tell people yeah well i mean space is really big that's why things like that don't really freak me out that much because they're probably happening you know all the time all the time all over the place but space is so massive in a way that generally people don't understand that's so what i mean even if it's a large scale event the chances of it impacting life on earth or any life anywhere it's so small Hmm. so small but what if like hmm. i mean things in our own solar system are much more dangerous to our civilization like saturn uh, like solar flares and things like this. Like oh, the, right. I think I mentioned on the podcast one time the Carrington event in the 19th century. It was yeah, a, we need that not to happen. A massive yeah. coronal mass ejection that luckily there was only telegraph lines at the time, but it took down telegraph lines globally. If that, yeah. ha- if that happened now with all the electric infrastructure that we have, yeah, uh, that would be fucking chaos. I no mean, functioning markets, no functioning cars, no functioning... No functioning cars. What? Yeah. It would disrupt every computer chip in every car in the world. Do you need a... Oh, I guess you do. Every car runs that way now. No cars are purely mechanical anymore. Are you sure? They, yeah, they use computers to do everything. From oh, right. Fe- there's from a, yeah. fuel injection to braking to oh. your radio. Yeah. Nothing runs without what circuitry. If I, what if I buy an El Camino? Like the one that's parked on our street all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a computer. Cars before the '80s are probably safe. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Might. Might look into that. But yeah, I know. I don't know. Things like that are happening a lot. What if they? This is your your one minute. Joe Rogan cor- corner. What if they get the the new new camera in space, new iPhone in space, and then they see the little again the do 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 do's out in the flying around the the space they see the ufos out in space yeah the thing is a telescope like that can't really photograph stuff like that it has a really um think about it as having like what are those long lenses for cameras called a telephoto lens yeah so it's got it's the most enormous telephoto lens you've ever seen so it can only focus on things far away. real far away oh yeah, they could be far away. We just got a picture of some people waving. But scale <laughs> scale doesn't work like that. You can photograph something the size of a planet and it'll be a few pixels mm. wide. So anything that's on the planet or the scale of an individual so it's is not unphotographable. Like, so it's not like Google Earth space? No. Oh. I mean, it w- you know, something like that would be really amazing. I think about that all the time because... That seems more fun. Well, like the other day I was looking, periodically I like to look and see where Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 are. What? Uh, this is sort of like explaining to an employee what they might not this know. Is the one How that, far back do I need to go in what This is the is? one that just recently like <laughs> saw Pluto? No, that was, that was the New Horizons. That's only been traveling for mm, 11 or 12 years, 13 years. Uh-huh. Voyager... Uh, one and two were the ones that photographed like all of the outer planets of the solar system in the late seventies and early eighties. Huh. Like the first photographs, uh, uh, the first up close photographs of like Saturn, Jupiter, Uranus, and Neptune were Voyager. Huh. Um, 
it's a really amazing mission. It's one of the best things humanity's ever done, in my opinion, from like a, I don't know, like an artistic perspective, from a scientific perspective, really interesting. They took advantage of a unique situation where all the planets were going to align in such a way that they could photograph all uh, four of the gas giants in on one journey. Huh. And I think it only happens every 220 years or something like that. So they realized this in the planning stages and said, we have to hurry this up and go for it. And they did. Hmm. But Voyager 1 and 2 have since left the solar system. Um, I think it was in maybe 10 years ago that Voyager 1 and 2 finally left the solar system and entered into interstellar space. The first human objects to ever do that. What are they doing? Uh, well, it's amazing in the first place that they can communicate with Earth at all, but they still can. They can? Yeah. The power supply that they put in them, uh, it's basically nuclear, so it like, relies on decaying uranium or some complex element like that. Hmm. And so if they turn off enough of the scientific devices, which after its primary mission was complete, like all the cameras get shut down. Most oh. of the sensors get shut down except for vital ones and stuff. Why wouldn't they want to keep the cameras on? And you can basically put it... You can't you can't use that much energy. Oh. I mean, we're talking about like we're talking about something with much less than the capacity of an iPhone, both in terms of like wattage and in terms of computing power. Right. Um so they, you know, you got to crunch and save however much power you can. So the c- most complex things like a camera that require a lot of energy to operate, they have to shut that down like as soon as you're done with Neptune, it's off. Um so they shut all these things down and they just let it go. And you can basically put it to sleep. Like it, it's just flying in a single direction. There's no huh. way of changing its position anymore. Um, and periodically, though, they can send a signal to it and wake it up and wake up its instruments and communicate with it. And they do this every once in a while to just figure out, like, well, what is inter- interstellar space actually composed of? How do we know we're there yet? Like there's all these different levels to the outer solar system that getting readings of is really interesting because obviously not in our lifetime anyway, no human's ever going to get there. How do you measure the heliopause and the helioshock and the termination shock? There's all these different levels to the outer edge. Huh. They're different consistencies of space. Space consists of different things depending on your proximity to other things. Isn't space air? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not air. Space is a vacuum. So space has nothing in it. Well, it's It's got rocks. It doesn't have nothing in it, but you know, I think they measure it like per cubic meter, essentially how many atoms are in it. Oh. And like in a cubic meter of air, there's quadrillions of atoms. Probably way more than that. I could I couldn't even say the number, you know. But in a cubic meter of space there might be three or four atoms. So hear me out. Yeah. What would happen? You're in space. You have your little helmet on, you're bopping around, but there's like a little hole, like a, like you can put a straw in the glass thing. Like a glory hole? Stop holding your <laughs> hand like that. Will is holding a fist like, in no, front like of No, like a scoop, like a scoop, like I was trying to, what's the scuba thing? A snorkel? Yeah, but like, you know, it's like a, a metal reusable straw that you can like, you know, stick on there, un, you know, unscrew the seal. Can you like have a little taste of space or would you die? No, you would absolutely die. Why? You would die instantly. Really? Yeah, because the temperature in a space, you know, heat comes from atoms moving around. The uh. friction between atoms is what generates heat. Uh-huh. It's a really simplified way of putting it. But imagine there are no atoms. Oh, so it's at real all. cold. So it's near absolute zero. 
in oh. space. So the moment you open your little snorkel hatch and let in a little bit of space, you all of the heat that your body generates would evaporate through that nozzle instantly. Oh. But what if you like opened up, scooped up some space, resealed it, and then it was just in your little snorkel tube? Well, people, you, 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 you don't want to do that. How do you bottle space? You don't want to do say. that in proximity to yourself. Oh. Because all of the air that you breathe would immediately dissipate into space, you know? Yeah. Those atoms are searching for room to go, and now there's infinite space to go. So right. all the atoms in your air and in your body are going Whoosh. that direction. Yeah, okay. Um, but people do create vacuums on Earth. You can do that. Yeah, like, I have one in the corner. It's the same principle, honestly, mm-hmm. but you can do that with a, a container of space. Oh, and empty it of atoms. Yeah, I like the. I kind of like that idea. You know, like a, like a large particle collider is a vacuum, more or oh, less, guess, inside yeah. in of a circle, ring. Yeah. There can't be things in the way while you're trying to run protons and neutrons into each other. Right. How do you make like a room of that, though? I don't know if anyone's ever done a room size. I mean, you can definitely do small vessel sizes, though. Hmm. You could probably do room size, too. I, I don't know what purpose it would serve to do it at that scale, though. Like Scientifically, I don't know what would be different about a room size versus like a, a water glass size. Could you go into that, though? Or would you No, die? no, you would die. God damn it. Yeah, you can't go into a vacuum, no. <sighs> Just trying, I, that sounds like, you know, the ultimate, like... You know, uh, whatchamacallit? I don't know. I don't know what words the are, ultimate words are of. The, it's like the ultimate, like, you know, sensor, like non-sensory thing when it's just like there's no sound, there's no nothing. Yeah, yeah. Ultimate, ultimate like, sensory deprivation tank. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it, it would also deprive you of your ability to sense anything at all. Right. That sucks. Okay. <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's one of the reasons that going to space is a beautiful thing and that like every human that goes there even though you're in the confines of a suit and you have a sort of simulated earth environment around you um yeah like like the experiences of astronauts are really interesting especially ones that spacewalk and stuff because they're experiencing the same thing that you're talking about yeah you know the the weightlessness the absolute blackness Apparently, like, the blackness of what we would call the sky when you're actually in space is indescribable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, things like being able to pass from shadow to light as you orbit the Earth so drastically. Like, the, um, the change from one minute being blinded to the next minute being able to see into infinity. Things like that. I mean... the they describe the experience as really beautiful and it's not quite sensory deprivation, but it is so alien compared to what you experience in a gravitational environment that, and a polluted environment, like in the sense of light and yeah. spirit, everything. Hmm. All right. That was your space moment. Aliens. Yeah. I feel the, like I, the we wandered get... way far away from anything, but that's okay. The episode can be over now. We're over an hour. By Are we? Now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Space. <laughs> space. So much space. Oh, my God. <sighs> All right. We started the last episode on the short bus, and we're ending this one right back there. Wait, what? Anyway. I don't remember. Yeah. All right, short bus. Get some rest. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.